Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man vehicle. My yes. Name? Two first responders with Jesse and Anita. Yes. We're first responders for Jesus Christ. Absolutely. That's, we wouldn't have it any other way. That's who we work right? for. He's he's the greatest employer, the greatest boss you can ever imagine. Oh, I love my boss. <laughs> and and by the way, we have another good friend of the show here, my my brother in Christ, uh, John Verano. Welcome, John, to the Jesus 911 show. Welcome, John. Yeah, I want to say something. We met John in Florida at a men's conference. Okay, you got a good memory. Yes, we did. Do you remember what uh, conference that was, at John? Do you remember? Yeah, that was in Tampa, and you had Tampa. actually mailed me uh, a couple boxes of Jesse's books to my house, and we brought them. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. Okay. Yes, okay. Yeah, I didn't even remember that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, John ended up moving out here to uh, the the great state of uh, Arizona. <laughs> And now me and John hang out every week today yeah. because we're in, we're in a men's group on Wednesday. Yeah, that's wonderful. I'm glad he did connected with him. <laughs> that's right, John. Um, you so you work in the mental health industry at uh, one of the state prisons here in the great state of Arizona. You and I last week with a bunch of Catholic men and some of the wives came along. Actually, Wednesday. On Wednesday, yeah, we went to ago. go watch the movie <laughs> Nefarious. As a mental health expert, when you want, and also as a person of faith, so you bring two things to the table, as a mental health expert and as a person of faith, when you watched the movie, what were some of the initial thoughts that you had, reactions? And for those of you that haven't watched the movie, it's, I'll give it to you in two or three sentences. The movie's about a, a death row inmate, uh, his name's Edward Brady. He's been sentenced to death, and he's going to be executed by via the electric chair by his choice at 11 p.m. on that evening. Um, a psychiatrist is assigned to him. The psychiatrist, com- the first psychiatrist, commits suicide, and the demon within Edward, whose name is Nefarious, says, "I killed the psychiatrist." So a second psychiatrist is assigned to him, and his name's Doctor James Martin. I don't mm. think that's a coincidence that the screenwriters <laughs> use that name. Um, and so Dr. That was creative. <laughs> and so Dr. James Martin is supposed to assess whether mm-hmm. Edward Brady is fit yep. or unfit mentally. Yep. The burden of proof is on the psychiatrist. To determine whether he uh, qualifies for, for, for uh, the, 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 the death penalty or not. Correct. Or be sane or insane. And so what happened here is the movie is it's it was made I think it was brilliant because it shows the intellectual uh acumen of a psychiatrist going up against a demon. And the way I saw it John, I saw the demon was just plain. It was like it was like a a college graduate playing chess with a, with a kindergarten kid. He was just tying him into a pretzel. And so you saw here that the the, uh, intellect of a demon, uh, which is vastly superior to that of a human being. What did you see, John? Was that kind of a fair assessment of the movie? And give me some of the things as a mental health professional that you think that we should know. 
Yeah, Jess. So I would really start out by saying, you know, when we think about demons and Satan and whatnot, we think about the fantastic things like in from the movie Exorcism uh, with the spitting of the, the whatever that was. And, um, yeah. you know, we think of people crawling on the walls and all that kind of stuff. So just watching this, I, I was just fascinated, too, because I think it gave a very accurate depiction of the more common uh, diabolical possession and how it really looks. Because like even, um, you know, I work with a lot of inmates, too, that I have like suspicions that they have the demonic in them. Um, and you wouldn't really know it unless you had a trained, you know, a trained ear and a trained eye to what you're looking at. But getting back to that, um, it did show, Jesse, it did show the intelligence and the, and the superior intellect of the demonic. I mean, angels and demons are so much smarter than us. Uh, they play us all the time. And that's why we need Jesus, uh, yeah. definitely. So, uh, yes. What What were some of the things that you saw that maybe are? Have you ever seen something close to that in in your field of work, where you see an inmate, you're having a conversation with him, and he goes from one personality to another almost immediately, mm -hmm. and it's like you're talking to two different persons, and you know that there's something here beyond mental illness. Have you ever had that feeling, John? Yeah, well, I'll tell you something that happened on Monday, this past Monday, this week. Um, I was dealing with a Satanist, and he was giving me a, a rundown of his, um, his, the way he wow. practices Satanism. And, uh, you know, and I asked him a lot of questions, this, that, the other. And that's the first thing I do is I try to make them feel comfortable. Um, you know, I go with the whole thing, like what Terry Barber always says, nobody cares what you know until they know you care. So I yeah. use that type of approach. Okay. You know, and um, I said to him, I said, um, I forget the guy's name. Let's just say his name is Jack. I said, hey, Jack. I said, what about Jesus? Uh, have you ever thought about giving Jesus Christ a try in your life? Immediately, I noticed that his face started to twitch um, and mm. just became very emotional, very uncomfortable. And um, the next thing he said to me was, you know, if there was a God, all these bad things wouldn't be happening. So I saw a definite reaction almost immediately upon the name of Jesus Christ. Wow. John, do you ever, as you enter into, these into, into your work in prison, obviously, when I worked the L.A. County Jail, I just, I could kind of feel, I can feel the presence of evil in many places within the county jail and uh, I would say a little prayer while I, when I'd be in the jail, you know, as I'm walking around in my uniform. Um, do you ever feel the presence of evil inside the prison? How, do you prepare yourself in the morning by morning prayer before you go into work? You know, I, I'm not very sensitive to that kind of stuff. I don't have that charism. Okay. Uh, just to be honest with you. But, you know, I do say three spiritual warfare prayers that you gave me about a year and a half ago every single morning <laughs> to do. So, and I've been doing them, I've been doing them every single day when I first day when I come in since you gave me Wonderful. those prayers and yeah to protect myself amen John do you, do you is there a difference obviously there's other colleagues of yours in the mental health field in prison and uh they they purse just they just look at these inmates as a you know nothing but a bunch of uh you know uh you know protoplasm and nerves and and, uh, you know, and Low life undesirables, yeah, yeah. The, all the other just matter. Mm -hmm. They're just matter. Yeah. But Pretty much. I think, yeah, but the way matter with the soul, <laughs> no, no, without a soul, no, without a yeah, soul. secondary, <laughs> but, but John, okay, that's what they yeah, mean. when you look, yeah. when you look at these inmates, because you're a person of faith, 
you look at them as matter with a soul that Christ mm-hmm. died for. So isn't there a different way of treating inmates when you're a person of faith? Because when you're not a person of faith and you're just a mental health es- expert, you just treat the symptoms, right? First, well, first things first, you know, when I, when I have an inmate with me, I look at them as a dignified human being created mm-hmm. by God. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, then from there, that's when I get into things with them, and I want to know their story, and that's that's how I take it from there. Okay. And again, you you show empathy, like Terry Barber says. People don't know care how much you know unless they know how much you care, right? Absolutely. Uh, John, what is this? Uh, I kept hearing this in the movie, and I've heard it before. DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. Can you give a, 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 bit, a basic blue-collar definition for us lay people? And also, can you tell the audience, what is the DSM? What is this book called the DSM? Sure. Uh, so, Disassociative uh, Identity Disorder, previously known as Multiple Personality Disorder, basically states that a person has, uh, just to put it in layman terms, multiple personalities that kind of manifest themselves in and out. Personally, as a man of faith, I think that's a bunch of garbage. Um, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's just uh, they have either to call a, it something, right? They got to call it something. They got to explain mm-hmm. it somehow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's either something biological that messes with their uh, chemistry somehow, or it's demonic. It's one or the other, or it's a combination of both. Yeah. So what what is this this book that they're always referring to in your field? The DSM is it's like the Bible for the mental health field, right? Yes, it's like it's the di- uh, Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Health. Basically, uh, has a listing of all the, it's ridiculous, hundreds and I think it's even thousands of now, uh, <laughs> thousands of mental health illnesses. It's, yeah. John, what, what, what part of the movie, as a mental health expert, grabbed you the most? Or maybe, there's probably a few parts of the movie Nefarious that we're talking about here with John Verano. He's a mental health expert. He works here for one of the large prisons here in the state of Arizona. By the way, how long have you been working in mental health? I've been in the mental health field for the better part of the last probably 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So you're, you're a journeyman. Yeah. Doing actual counseling for about 10 years itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the movie Nefarious... Like you said, it was. It's unlike other horror movies that just show the phenomena of you know vo- avocado coming out of the person's mouth and the head spinning and flying in the air, all the stuff that people you know uh, it, it just it just grabs the audience. This one was a psychological battle between a psychiatrist and a demon. So what? Tell me some parts of the movie that really connected with you as a mental health expert. Uh, I guess. I guess we could just start out with the psychiatrist himself, you know, being a person who doesn't believe in anything and is going to constantly look for a way to explain it in a way um, more along the, the lines of the cognitive part of us and the emotional part of us, um, refusing to look in any other direction. Um, John, and, hold that and, thought. Hold that thought. Sure. We're coming. We're coming to a hard break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Jesus 911. We got a holy pause with our lady Guadalupe. Absolutely. John Verano, mental health expert, he's on the line with us. We'll continue on the next segment talking about nefarious. Don't go anywhere. Pray for us. 
We are back. This is Jesus 911, and we have a special guest. His name is John Verano. And uh, we were talking about, uh, he's a mental health expert, and we were talking about how uh, the movie connected. The movie Nefarious. The, the movie Nefarious is connected. Um, his. Uh, uh, that intellectual. Said, yeah, part of you that. that Brought you in the scene. Actually, that's what it, it kind of drew you as, in. Yeah, drew you in as a mental health expert because, as a, as an expert in whatever field, when you're watching something, it draws you in. Oh yeah, I I I can empathize with that with that a mental health expert, or I can em, uh, empathize with that nurse or doctor or lawyer just by viewing a scene such as. What took place in nefarious, nefarious with the psychiatrist and uh, the ergonym, yeah. the yeah, ergonym. Yeah. Yep, it's possessed, Edward yeah. the possessed. So tell us, tell us, John. You're, you're before we went to the break. Tell yeah. us how you, certain parts of the movie connected, connected with you as a mental health expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, so many. But I guess I could start with um, just, it's just the amazing discipline that the demonic has. Um, and like we hear about how they're so legalistic and you see that in the movie. Yes. Uh, I mean, how, when they enter a person, they do it mm-hmm. incrementally piece by piece, very subtly until they got you right where they want you. And they did that to the psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. He did it right there. Yeah. Um, remember there, there was a part where the demon says that, uh, you know, we, we tempt the person, uh, we increase the temptation, we increase the duration and we just wait for a series of permissions and yeses from the person until we subjugate him. It was classic. It was this incremental way, the way they afflict and possess and subjugate a person. It was just brilliant. Their patience is brilliant. Go ahead, John. But you said it all right there. It, it, they're, they're absolutely brilliant. And mm-hmm. you have to respect their wit and how smart they really are. Yes. Yeah. Um, and like just seeing that too, it just really makes you really want to run to the Lord and and just hold him, yes. on, hold him tight, like in uh, Psalms ninety one. <laughs> protect um, me, O oh Lord. <laughs> protect me, O oh Lord, because these yeah. guys are dangerous. Absolutely, and they are just to whipping the entire human race right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, John, do you see people in your field that are that basically just dismiss all of this and? Uh, they uh, they just say, well, you know, well, let me look at the DSM, see what it says here, uh, and they're just absolutely, completely blinded to the spiritual side of of of, uh, mm-hmm. of uh, the cosmos. Yeah, you know, my, my previous, I would say a previous, a previous supervisor, um, really sat down with me and was like, you know, trying to tell me to basically keep religion out of things, uh, refuse to see any other side of things. Uh, I suppose that was her her thinking. Um, mm-hmm. On my part, um, I, I don't interact too much with my peers in my job because we're all on different yards mm. and we just we we really communicate mostly through email. But in, in the case, in her case, um, I decided to play things with her instead of like challenging her. Uh, I just kind of yad her a lot because I want to be there available for these inmates. And if I if I get booted out of there, mm-hmm. who's going to help these guys out? Yeah. 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 We need people of faith in those positions, especially in, you know, these these men are already uh, in a in a in an area where they can be pulled from one 
either to the right or to the left for the Team Jesus or, or team, Satan. team Satan. So we thank you for even, you know, wanting to be in that environment yeah. because it's challenging. A lot of many, many uh, people of your field that are in your field cannot work in that type of environment. It's uh, I'm sure it's. <laughs> it's challenging to them and 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 it's fearful for them so but i give you um an a in courage and, yeah. and because you are there you're in the thick john let me ask you a question um m- being a person of faith in the mental health field would you say it makes all the difference in the world in the way you treat the inmates in the way you approach your profession and even in the in, mm-hmm. in maybe the safety that you feel in your soul doing it. Cause you're talking to some of these people have some, some level of diabolical mm-hmm. affliction. Yes. And so does having faith make a big difference? Yeah. And, and, I, and I'll tell you something too. Um, a lot of these guys are hungry for Jesus Christ mm. and uh, they have no outlet for him other than the other inmates. And what I think is just crappy theology they have on these yards with these Protestant ministers <laughs> that come in and do whatever they do. Yeah. Um, so I'm there. We talk about Christ. I, I, I try to grow them in the faith as be- best as I can. Mm. Um, it's just a safe place for them um, to do what they need. I think you'd find themselves open to uh, evangelization when you're, you know, when you're one-on-one with them, because I guess at that point, there's nobody around. They don't have to be, uh, have, uh, do tough talk or put on an air that makes them look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm an inmate and you can't tell me what to do or whatever, whatever their thoughts are. Do you find that uh, it's easier for you to evangelize or like putty in your hands? I would definitely say not putty. Um, okay. <laughs> a lot of these guys are <laughs> these what guys mud, are, hard mud. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, more or less. <laughs> but these guys are just so beat down and battered through a whole life of just from when they were being raised, so much abuse and trauma, uh, this, that, the other. And, and my primary focus is I, I want to evangelize everybody sitting in front of me, and and that's definitely a goal with every single guy. Um, I attack. Pride and hum- I go right after pride and ego versus mm. the cure, humility. Mm. You know, because as we know, the first sin was uh, committed through pride. I want to be yeah, God. Absolutely. And you see that with all the, mm-hmm. the different politics that goes on in prisons, because you have the Mexicans, the Native Americans, the whites, the blacks, and they're all in their separate groups and they have a political system and they're very, very egotistical. So I go right after their egos and wow, try to. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Because that's exactly it. If they if they if they continue embracing the pride and 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 you know having an overinflated ego, uh, they're never going to get he- they're never mm-hmm. going to be liberated and feel the power of Jesus Christ in their mm-hmm. life because that's going to stop it. The, the graces that's going to impede the graces from flowing. Uh, let me ask you another question. The the demon uh, mentioned several times. Uh, that uh you know we 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 uh my name is legion for we are many uh is that consistent with what they call you know disassociative identity disorder or multiple personality and we as in catholicism we just mm-hmm. say this is right in the new testament demons would tell our lord jesus christ my name is legion for we are many uh is this something that's would you say it's it's uh it's it's prevalent uh within 
prisoners that have mental health problems where they suffer. You mean, yeah, I was going to say, are you talking about is it prevalent to see multiple personality disorder in the prison? Yes. Amongst your patients, the ones that go to you. I would tell you right now, it's actually very rare. Okay. In a couple of years I've been at the prison, I would say I've come across two, maybe three people, to be honest with you. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's not a very common thing. But when it, when it is, uh, y- you're dealing with something obviously beyond just the mental, in your opinion, right? I think so. I think so more often than not, yes. Um, John, I, I, I was watching a, a, a video of uh, Father Gabriel Amorth years ago. It's on, it's on the internet. It's called, uh, it's called uh, a documentary. It's called, it's called The Devil and uh, Father Amorth. Yeah, The Devil and Father Amorth. One of the psychiatrists there, they had a host of psychiatrists that they were interviewing, and they said that in the DSM, they recognized demonic possession. I remember the, it was a round table of psychiatrists, and one of the psychiatrists said that the, the new DSM, it says disassociative identity disorder slash demonic possession, that that actually made it into the new DSM. So uh, according to that documentary, That's a big admission. Yes. The psychiatrists now recognize uh, <laughs> the possibility, the possibility uh, of well, demonic possession. There, have you, have, you, no have you seen that in the new us. DSM? That's news to my ears. I'll go take a look. I have a, I have a copy of the DSM. Yeah, look um, at the new one because I heard it's in the new one. It's got like parentheses. Uh, you know, it says DID, dissociative, disassociative identity disorder, parentheses, demonic possession. I heard it's in the new one now, so maybe you may want to go check it out next time you're there. Uh, something else about the movie that uh, did you come out uh, out of the movie uh, proud to be Catholic, proud to be a follower of Christ? Did you feel beat down? Did you feel man, we're losing? What did you feel when you walked out of the movie? You know. I think I feel what I always feel that, you know, we're in a, we're in a battle here and we're in a rough spot yeah. uh, at this point in history right now. And uh, we got to just do everything we can one soul at a time to bring people to Christ. And it's, uh, I mean, starting with our families and moving on the, to, you know, to the outside. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think that those you work with and, you know, your coworkers and um, those in your field, if they had the mind of Christ and they were, um, and they, you know, converted souls and were believers. Do you think all these things in the in 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 your work in your, you know, ambiance of where you work would would there be would there be a uh, would it be better um, as far as um, the the inmates their mental health mental their mental health? Yeah, if there was a thousand John Veranos in prison. Yes. Or would it be a better place? Starting from the top. <laughs> starting from the top. <laughs> yes, amen to that. Um, I would say you'd knock off 75 to 80% of all the issues that are going on right now. And wow. we'd break it down to the bare biological um, aspects mm-hmm. of um, mental health. Yeah. Yeah. John, did you notice at the end, what did you think the psychiatrist, was he coming to faith towards the end of the movie? Uh, Dr. James Martin? I think he's def- he's definitely <laughs> kind of like right on that that intersection that right of where I got to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like uh, uh, the Lord was grabbing him by the pals, you know, ma- waking him up and yeah. saying, you know, you're on the wrong path. Let's get let's get to it. I'll tell you, especially I saw a moment of conversion is when he grabbed the gun of the detective, put it under his chin, 
and uh, you know he's inside that the room as they watch the execution. And right before he 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 squeezes the trigger, the, he squeezed it three times. Uh, nothing right. ever came out. Right before he squeezed the trigger the first time, he said, "God help me." Then he pulled the trigger three times underneath his chin. Then he got tackled. There was a moment there of illumination of conscience where he just said, "God help me." So, yeah. um, I mean, I, towards the end of the movie, it, it looks to me like he was moving towards towards the light of Christ. What do you think? No, I I totally agree with that. Um, I think he's a bit thick headed, a little stubborn there. Um, <laughs> That's it, pride. Taking him. I mean, after, right, pride and ego. There you go. Yep. After a whole year, he's still not all the way yep. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the lady at the dumpster pushed him over the edge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> John, parting thoughts. We got about a minute left. Uh, parting thoughts about the movie. Give 30 second assessment. Should Catholics go watch it? Absolutely, because it's it's an absolute realistic look at what the demonic does to us and how really wise and smart they are and that we really have to respect them in that sense and um, just hold hold fast and hard to Christ in in our dealing with them. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, John, for joining us. And um, we'll see you next time. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see you soon. God bless you, brother. God bless you. Okay, God bless you guys. Love you. All righty. Jesus 911. Up next, we got Kenneth Murphy from the Boston, Massachusetts, organizing the prayer rally. Jesus 911. With Jesse and Anita, or was it Tobias and Sarah? Or is it uh, Aquila and Prisca? No, it's Jesse no, and Anita. No, Jesse and Anita. Two sinners right. that love the Lord, love Our Lady. But that, they're our goal. They're, yes, our goal. they're, they're our role models. They're the right? template. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, we've got, we want to talk about, uh, in, at the end of the month. Uh, next week. Next weekend, okay. the Temple of Satan. Uh, agents of Satan. Yep. Where are they going to be at? They are going to be at the Boston Marriott Hotel. And uh, that is um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. April 28th, April, 29th, yep. and 30th. Mm-hmm. So, and we're going to be interviewing... Kenneth Murphy. Uh, yeah, Kenneth Murphy. Ken- Kenneth, are you on, my friend? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes. We can hear Thank you, you clear. Thank you, Kenneth, for taking the time to be on with us. Yeah, I'm God, God I'm bless I'm you, Kenneth, because... Yeah, reporting for <laughs> that's what I want to hear. Yep, hey, Kenneth, yep. You're, taking, you're the church militant. Yes, uh, ecclesia militans, <laughs> as, the, as the medieval popes would call us. Yeah. So you are a uh, you're 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 a lay person. You love the Lord, love Our Lady, love Holy Mother Church, and obviously, you're taking great umbrage at the Temple of Satan, going to your diocese, at the mm. Boston Marriott Copley Place, and they're going to be having a satanic conference where they're going to be doing satanic rituals. A satanic wedding chapel will be there. Mm. They're going to have a satanic marketplace. They're going to be de- doing invocations. Uh, so you are organizing Catholics to do a peaceful, prayerful rally of reparation. Yes. Um, what? How can we help you, my friend? And by the way, if anybody wants to join your, your group out there for prayer, tell us how you're organizing, what you're doing, so that people can join you uh, with the rosary in their hand, with Jesus in their heart, uh, and stand next to you on the sidewalk. Yes, sir. We're uh, we're going to be out there each of the days that the protest uh, that the uh, that the conference is happening. Uh, we'll be doing a rally of reparation uh, outside and uh, on a public uh, street where where every American is allowed to gather. And if people are mm-hmm. interested, they just uh, just send an email. 
to bostonreparation at gmail.com. So bostonreparation at gmail.com. And uh, I'll send you uh, a link uh, to when how to be there. I'll, I'll show you a picture of our, the signs that we're going to have. Actually, the same signs that you, Jesse, had down at the last time there was a Satan conference. Um, and, uh, and also uh, a way to uh, contact the, the hotel as well with a, a petition because uh, you have to understand, uh, for those that are outside of, of Boston, this is one of Boston's most prestigious hotels. So what, oh, wow. at this, what is celebrated at this hotel does reflect Boston as a whole. So, um, you know, people do come from, from other places and they, they, they uh, visit Boston and they leap with an impression that, that Satanism is, is throughout, the, uh, throughout the city. I remember when I first uh, came to Boston, I, I went to visit the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum um it's uh you know a very uh famous museum those uh the rembrandts were stolen from there uh full of beautiful christian medieval art uh but in the gift shop uh a third of the gift shop is dedicated to uh witches uh to uh how to do spells the occult satanism and then the young lady behind the counter is uh wearing a pentagram if you spend any length of time in boston you will see you will see pentagrams and people leave with the impression that Boston has been handed over to Satan, but Catholics need to do the opposite. You know, we need to be out yes. there showing our Amen. faith. We should be wearing the miraculous medal. We shouldn't be afraid to show our rosaries, uh, and, and we shouldn't be afraid to uh, to proclaim uh, Our Lady and call down St. Michael as well uh, when something like this happens also. You're going to have a lot of Catholics around the country praying for you guys next week, and uh, the Ramirez included. People here in Phoenix, Arizona, next week, and we'll be praying for me yeah. for you guys. Yes, we're getting uh, quite a few emails uh, saying we got people from Canada who will be praying along with you. I received an email yesterday, and uh, they wanted to know what to pray, when to pray. So uh, I'm we're, again, we're, I'm going to be giving them your email when as as uh, as uh, as the emails come on uh, with this uh, Boston Reparation at Gmail dot com, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, uh, if Thank you for providing join, that. You know, if, if someone is um, is is uh, you know uh, on the far flung parts of the country, not able to to be here, uh, you can go to Jesse Romero's website. Go to download prayers, and there's prayers that you could pray. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12 yes. Thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, download that PDF and and say those prayers. Those are very powerful prayers. Um, for those gathering on the uh, with us, uh, what the prayers that we're going to be doing most are the, the rosary and calling on St. Michael and, and some of the prayers that you have as well on that sheet. But that sheet is great for someone who might be joining at home or doing private prayer at a church or at adoration. Having said that, one, there are some people that are flying in from Seattle just wow. for this, just to join this. I, I think it has turned into where people are realizing that uh, Satanism, one of their principles is to, for the practitioners of Satanism, to do as they will, to, to just whatever helps yes. them, that morality doesn't exist, the Ten Commandments don't exist. So this type of thing attacks the moral fiber of the whole United States. Mm-hmm. So Absolutely it does. There has been a call for Catholics to, to, uh, to stand up. Kenneth, are you, getting, are you getting some traction? Are people starting to contact you? Are things starting to gel? Uh, I know yes, Catholics, I, like everybody, they wait till the last minute, but are you, are you getting more and more interest in people saying, yeah, I'm going to go out there and pray with you, brother? Yes, some people are even going to be just passing by in their cars, uh, going up and down the street. Uh, but at least a hundred will join us on the street itself, uh, and uh, so, and uh, uh, the the local police officer, officer, officer Gately, uh, oh, uh, have officers for us, with us, and 
Um, That's wonderful. We're, we're very yes. very appreciative of, of the local police department. So you got uh, their support. That, that is wonderful. Yes. So um, uh, people will, will, will join in, in many ways. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's important. Our, By the our way, at Fatima, she called us to do reparation, and this is a perfect example of it, to do reparation for the blasphemies and outrages committed against our Lord and Our Lady. Amen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenneth, I'm, I'm, I'm also happy to see that American East Fatima, the TFP uh, organization, is going to be out there full force with their, with their banners, with their young men in suits and ties, with their bagpipes, uh, with our lady, a statue of Our Lady of Fatima. They're going to be out there supporting you guys as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Many people have said uh, that uh, they play the bagpipes and they want to come down just to play the bagpipes with uh, TFP. So um, that that has really, really helped. It's really going to set the tone uh, for the rally. So it's going to be a beautiful event uh, you as know, well. It's very spiritual. I, I will tell you one thing that there will be Protestants there, and mm-hmm. that's a good thing. They'll that's be right. they'll be you know separate from you guys in a different part of the of the of the sidewalk doing their own prayers. Hey, you know what? That's good. We're on the same team. We may have a different modality of praying, a different spirituality, but we're on the same team. So, uh, you know, you'll see that a lot of Protestants there are going to be very happy to see Catholics organized and praying. And a lot of these Protestants that go out there, most of them are Protestants of goodwill. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there might be some Protestants that. Uh, that will join the Catholics. We had um, some Protestants that joined us praying the rosary, yeah. and they just love the, you know, the organization that was um, that that occurred throughout the three days that we had, and they joined us all three days. So that was that was that was true ecumen- yeah, <laughs> ecumenism. Yeah, some pro- <laughs> some Protestant pastors pr- prayed with us. They yeah. we just gave them the sheet of, of the prayers. And they said, we like the order and the organization, mm-hmm. the uniformity of you yes. Catholics. This is the way we all should be praying. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll, I'll tell you, Kenneth, uh, one of the reasons I think that it's important for us to go out there is because there's, Anita, isn't there potential converts? Yeah, there could be, there could be Absolutely. Blessed Bartolo yeah. Longo, right? Right. Kenneth? Bartolo Longo, yes, yeah. a very important, very important saint. And uh, they are out there. I even met a young man um uh, He's a little further from Boston, but I, I, he was possessed from 12 years old until oh. 19. He was possessed for seven years. He said it drove him to the worst places, to despair, uh, into addiction with drugs. Uh, but thankfully, uh, with, a, with exorcism, he was able to, to, to leave that. And he said, but what, uh, what got him into Satanism was the attraction to Satanism that is unfortunately pervasive in our, in our world. And he says even today, uh, he has kind of a sensitivity to uh, to things that um that are praising satan be it in music or or in art or or uh, you know unfortunately you can't it's very rare to get a nice independently brewed beer without some devil on it you know or mm, uh, yeah or or again people wearing pentagrams he says he sees and senses it everywhere even more than than a regular catholic would um and uh but so again, the Catholics, we need to do the opposite. We need to have our own miraculous medals, our rosaries, uh, uh, not be afraid to show we're Catholic. Uh, That's right. For those right. Bartello Longos that are out there even today. And also Our Lady, uh, Our Lady of Fatima, she promised in the end her Immaculate Heart will triumph and she will use her heel. You know, we could be part of her heel in her mm. crushing of the devil uh, by putting ourselves at her service. It, it, the conversions may not happen this coming weekend um, at, at that conference, but Our Lady can plant that seed of conversion at, mm-hmm. for her to use later on in the future for those Bartolo mm-hmm. Longos of the future. 
And you know, Kenneth, um, are you okay? Just so those out there, you're going. You and all these people going out there, just as we did here in Scottsdale. Are we doing it for? Do we? Did, we're not doing it for hate for the for those attending. What are we doing it for? We know we want to do it for love, but also for what conversion? Is that correct? Yes, we we are imitating the holy women of Jerusalem. When our Lord mm-hmm. was, was was carrying his cross to Calvary, uh, the holy women of Jerusalem they they were not hateful of the Roman soldiers or hateful of of, of even the mob that were attacking our Lord. Uh, they were not they were not protesting. They were doing a a, a rally of reparation mm. by going to the spot in real time where our Lord was passing, trying to. Reparation means to try to repair. We're trying to repair the damage being done mm-hmm. uh, and right. to console, console our Lord and, and the weeping heart of Our Lady uh, for this outrage. Uh, and so that is reparation. It's reparation. Uh, I know also people say, uh, you know, a few people have said that, you know, is this going to cause the Satanists to, to hate us uh, or hate the people that might be outside on the other side of the street? Um, but I would say uh, that already exists. Uh, when, when all of us here in Boston were, were shut down because of COVID and, and Catholics weren't doing anything and we were as hidden as could be, um, the Satanists were still active. They were, they were, uh, uh, there were 309 Catholic churches attacked since May of 2020. Wow. So, so uh, you know, I would say that... Kenneth, hold that thought, brother. We want to keep... Hold that thought. We're going to have you on another segment. Stick around, Kenneth. Don't go anywhere. Jesus 911 talking to Kenneth. Kenneth Murphy, we're talking about the uh, Boston Satanic Conference this weekend, and uh, we need to back them up. We need to show up. Suit up, Catholics. We need to show up to the game. Don't go anywhere. We are back. Jesus 911, Jesse Anita. This is a spiritual warfare show, and we are interviewing Kenneth Murphy, who will be leading the satanic, peaceful, prayerful gathering in Boston in front of the Marriott Hotel. Against the, the Satanists. Against the yeah. Satanists, yes. It's a, it's against. A, it's a Catholic yes. prayer rally. You're right. Against. Of reparation against, against. the Satanists. And the reason yes. Kenneth is doing this, and every, anybody should participate that's with an earshot of this radio show over in the East Coast especially, this is your diocese. Mm-hmm. This is our faith. This is our church. And the goal of the Catholic faith, Canon 1752 of the Code of Canon Law, is the salvation of souls. That's the supreme law of the church. And that's why Kenneth Murphy's out there. His email is Kenneth. Uh, his email is bostonreparation at gmail.com, bostonreparation at gmail.com. Kenneth, yes. I want you to give a hearty invitation to all the people out there to come and join you. Tell them how they can contact you. Tell them how you're organizing. Tell them the do's and the don'ts. Kenneth, go ahead. All right. So uh, contact me by going to bostonreparation at gmail.com. Um, I strongly encourage you uh, to do a good confession before joining for the, for the protest mm-hmm. of Father yes. Amorth. Father Mort said a good confession is more powerful than the longest, most extravagant exorcism. Mm-hmm. Because what Amen. the devil attacks most is the soul. Mm-hmm. Exorcism can yep. uh, take away a devil from a body, from a, 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 a place or a thing. But um, also, uh, and this is just for anyone who lives in Boston, uh, when 
uh, that there is Satanists out there. They could curse something small, put in your food out of fast food, drive through, whatever. Uh, pl- bless yourself before you eat uh, to, uh, to counteract, uh, counteract that. Uh, again, we have stronger tools on our side. So rosary, holy water, these mm-hmm. things are so much more powerful than, uh, than mockeries of, of, of blessings and such. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we have uh, the, the angels on our side. We have Our Lady's promise that in the end, her immaculate heart will triumph. She will crush the head of the serpent. Uh, so bostonreparation at gmail.com if you want to stay in the loop as far as what's going to be happening right outside uh, the uh, Boston uh, Marriott Copley place. And uh, um, you could uh, help us there. Uh, you could sign that petition that's asking. And, and there's also information of, of Marriott leaders asking them, why are you doing this? Like you said in your show, Jesse, uh, Marriott was founded by the Mormons and is, mm. is still run by, by many Mormons. So uh, we could also ask, why are, why are they doing this? Uh, again, this is most, one of the most prestigious hotels in Boston. What is, a, is welcomed here is seen by the rest of the country as welcome, welcomed by Boston as a whole. So we should also be out there just to to save the image of Boston also. Also, something important, the Satanists, they're not our friends. Let's just be honest, okay? Mm -hmm. They're not our friends. And they're not even pulling their punches. They're calling the theme of their conference in Boston, Massachusetts this weekend is called Weekend of Blasphemy. Blasphemy against who? It's our Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. It's Our Lady. That's where they're blaspheming. Blasphemy is a violation of the first commandment in the catechism of the Catholic Church. And uh, we're calling all Catholics, Protestants, all men of goodwill to stand with the Catholics out there in the public sidewalk. We're Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, The Constitution gives us the right uh, and, and the freedom to go out there and peaceably assemble. It gives us freedom of speech especially in the public square. And so we mm-hmm. invite you to go with Kenneth Murphy and hundreds of Catholics out there from American East Fatima TFP uh, and go stand with them. They'll be, pray- they'll be praying from what time to what time, Kenneth? Uh, well, contact that, e- that, contact that email, and, uh, and okay. I'll give you the, the time in pre- pre- precisely. Right. And uh, uh, also when you come, uh, bring your rosaries, bring your holy water, and... Uh, uh, and just know that this is part of a, a bigger movement. The Satanists, uh, I, was, I was honored mm-hmm. to uh, be outside of Harvard University. One of the, again, they're going for the most prestigious, uh, that, mm-hmm. one of the most prestigious universities in America. They wanted to do a black mass where they were going to mm-hmm. desecrate a blessed sacrament. And uh, thankfully, only 20 minutes before it was to start, uh, Harvard staff were coming out to us saying, please, can you go away? And we said, well, we're only going to leave when, uh, when this black mass is stopped. And uh, uh, they came out again. Okay, we promised to stop it. And we said, well, again, like you said, we don't believe uh, Satanists. They, they have no problem with lying, with, uh, with uh, breaking morality. Uh, mm-hmm. So we stayed. But then we did see the, the Satanists leave, and it was confirmed that that was, that was stopped. Uh, Praise to God. my knowledge, they haven't yeah. tried a black mass at a prestigious university since. Yeah. And, you know, going back to being uh, uh, praying in public, we have uh, uh, some quite a few saints, especially to uh, St. Louis de Montfort, St. John Vianney, who said, you know, uh, public prayer is much more uh, 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 the witness is so much more uh, uh, efficacious and profound because there's people out there uh, because you're not only uh, praying against what's going on in the 
hotel, but you're going to be a witness to those passing by, to those that are not aware of what's going on in there. What do you think about that? What do you think about the public prayer? That's How right. important is uh, that? St. Dominic as well. He, he said mm-hmm. uh, the rosary, when it's done publicly, is a weapon that combats heresy and vice and instills virtue. So wow. that's why yep. St. Louis de Montfort, he started what he mm-hmm. calls the public square rosary rallies. We, we hear about those, those all the time, but those were started by St. Louis de Montfort. Uh, mm-hmm. The first oh. public square rosary rally he started, he, the father of the family had to go back and forth with a whip to beat, uh, to beat men away from his children. Uh, mm-hmm. it was in, I think it was in Marseille or uh, France where, where he started it. But after a while, people began to join and it completely transformed the city, even without mm-hmm. them directly talking, just those graces that come into a city because of a public rosary. It converted the city of Marseille. Yeah, we have, you know, we have the our, our Constitution allows us to go out there. You know, we got saints to to support that. We even have the catechism yeah. to support the Catechism of the Catholic yeah. Church, there's all kinds of sections, section 913, 904, 900, 1285. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the Catechism is just replete with exhortations for Catholics to baptize uh, to go out there and sanctify the temporal order, sanctify mm-hmm. the public square. Uh, and so I want, I'm asking all Catholics to go out and support our brother in Christ, Kenneth Murphy. You can yes. contact him, bostonreparation at gmail.com. Boston reparation at gmail.com. Boston reparation at gmail.com. Contact our brother in Christ, Kevin Murphy. He's a layman who loves the Lord, loves Holy Mother Church, loves Our Lady, and he's out organizing a peaceful, prayerful rally of reparation. Reparation must be done against the blasphemies against our Lord and Our Lady. Reparation must be done uh, to, uh, to again, uh, to, to console and satisfy our yep. Lord who, who, who died on the cross for these Satanists, objectively speaking, 2,000 mm-hmm. years ago. And now they are just mocking him and blaspheming mm-hmm. him. The temple of Satan, they are not our friends. They promote black masses. That involves the desecration of a, ho- of a stolen host from a Catholic church. And every black mass is a direct sin of hatred against God. The Satanic uh, Temple's anti-family, they're anti-right to life, they're anti-one nation under God. Uh, There's no, uh, there's, uh, uh, what they promote is plain evil. And so as Catholics, we don't know uh, if there could be a a blessed Bartolo Longo there and our prayers could reach his soul and he can come back to faith. The Bible's very clear. We're called to pray for our enemies Mm -hmm. in Luke chapter 6, verse 27 to 28. And also, our prayers are much more effective when we pray as a large community of believers, according to our Lord in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. Kenneth, how can people contact you? Brother, tell them uh, how they can uh, rally to to, to the cause of Christ. Yes, sir. So bostonreparation at gmail.com. Send an email. Tell me a little bit about yourself also, just to reassure me uh, that uh, you're not uh, uh, the enemy. And uh, <laughs> uh, contact that email, and uh, I'll send you the details. Uh, you can join us. And uh, uh, just to add to your list, uh, the Satanists, they uh, do elementary school, say, after uh, school mm-hmm. Satanist clubs. Yep. That's definitely one of their agendas that they're going to be talking about at this conference moving forward. Uh, yeah. Also, abortion numbers are down, and they want those abortion numbers back up. So 
-hmm. on their website, they say they want to provide free medication for abortion. They say yep. care, but clearly this is to teal. And they say even as part of a can be done part of a satanic ritual, that a lot of evils are going to be promoted at this uh, uh, conference that we, we are opposing with this with this rosary. That's right. And uh, our Lord, the Bible says uh, in 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, close quote. And so lay Catholics, we have a divine mandate based upon what our Lord did on Calvary to destroy the works of the devil. We have a divine mandate to confront the lies and deceptions of the temple of Satan with the truth of Jesus Christ. And the body of Christ, the mystical body of Christ, especially out there in the East Coast, we need to rally and support yeah. this cause. We need you to get a hold of Kenneth Murphy, the layperson, the point man, the tip of the spear. Yep who's heading this uh, peaceful, prayerful rally, go to bostonreparation at gmail.com, bostonreparation at gmail.com, bostonreparation at gmail.com. Yes, you're doing a great work, and uh, we thank you for that, and we're going to be united with you in prayer. Jesse and I won't be able to be there. We'll be in California at another event speaking on spiritual warfare, but we will remind everybody there that this is going on and that uh, we need to pray in unison. We'll be praying with you there. And we'll be sending people in your direction. I'll be mentioning it every day on the radio show. Uh, I'll, sp I'll take two or three minutes to mention it every single day, uh, all next week, about uh, the great work that you're doing out there yes. in terms of, uh, of, uh, of, of gathering people to do prayers of reparation. And we need to multiply Thanks. more of you, Kenneth for other parts of the country yeah. because uh, it takes people like you with courage and and uh, to go out there and and be uh, the church militant Amen. and to lead the people. We need leaders such as yourself. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you. And I know the Lord and Our Lady are smiling upon you mm -hmm. and St. Joseph is, you know, he's the terror of demons. Amen. So he's going to be right beside you. Kenneth. No fear. 20 seconds. Parting comments. Uh, you know, uh, even for those that are, don't make it to uh, to to, uh, to join us today, uh, or uh, for that for that rosary we're going to have, I, I have a small confession. Uh, uh, last uh, July 2020, uh, the Satanists were going to do in Boston a Satanism Appreciation Week, one week of, of uh, July dedicated to Satan. They're going to raise the Satanic flag at City Hall. And uh, many Catholics, because of that, they're standing up this time. They didn't before, but like myself, they're standing up this time. Amen. Good. Good job, brother. God bless yes. you. You've been listening to Jesus 911. Yes, with Jesse and Anita. Thank you, Kenneth. Thanks. Go to bostonreparation at gmail.com, bostonreparation at gmail.com, and get involved. Family, that's about it. That's it. That, we that's are, a wrap. Yep. This is the end of Jesus 911. It was such a wonderful segment. Yep. <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, next, next uh, Christ time. Or same Christ time, same Christ channel next week. Up next, Gary Majuda, Hands on Apologetics. See you, family. We love you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs>